This show is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find the other great shows on the network, head over to the Deluxe Edition Network.com. We started on our journey together with a paranormal investigation at Eloise Asylum. We left the asylum eager to learn the truth. We bought our own equipment and decided to document our findings. And we're here to share them with you. I'm Melissa. I'm Mandy. Welcome to our paranormal experience. Hey everyone, before we get started, I wanted to tell you about the Dens Podcast of the Month, Return of the Living Flat. Join Kyle Curtis Flat as he does reviews, rankings, watch-alongs, interviews, live streams, and so much more. It's a great podcast. There'll be a link in our show notes if you want to go check them out. Me and Mandy had a really big day. We went to a Bigfoot convention and then a paranormal investigation at the Orson Star House all in one day. Now, we've never been to like a Bigfoot convention. I just saw it on Eventbrite. We did go to the Paracon in 2021, and we thought that that was super cool. We had never been like to anything like that before either. The Bigfoot convention was a little bit of a bummer. I mean, there was nothing wrong with it. It just... It was considerably smaller than the Paracon that we went to. There wasn't very many vendors. We really wanted some super cool Bigfoot stuff. But we did learn later on it's only in its second or third year. They did have some really interesting speakers. One of the speakers was from Expedition Bigfoot. He was the last speaker of the night. His name is Russell Accord, and he was a really good speaker. We spoke to him a little bit separately on the side. He just seemed like a really nice person. He was a really good speaker. And we just really enjoyed him being there. There were a few people that had podcasts that were there. Everyone was really, really nice. I, You know, I, and I think Melissa and I had talked about this. The reason we kind of felt like we didn't fit in at first because it was so small that there was nowhere to blend in, I guess would be the right Right. word. We're both kind of introverts. You know, no matter where we went, there was somebody talking to us or, you know, can I help you with something or just stuff like that, where sometimes we just like to blend in and everyone was really nice. It was a nice place to have convention. What was your favorite part of the day? Well, I mean, of course, it was the Bigfoot calling contest. (laughs) Yes, that was my favorite part of the day, too. You know, I'm not going to promise this, but you guys might hear Bigfoot calls right after this because <laughs> I do have I do have audio of it. I don't know if I'll be able to put it in. It was at that point during the day that I looked at Melissa and I think I said something like, what are we doing or where are we at or something like that. It was interesting. Never in my life have I seen a contest for something that nobody really knows what it is, right? <laughs> like nobody really knows what Bigfoot calls sound like. Um, so everybody's just guessing and like submitting their guests and somebody's just pretty much picking their favorite, right? Yeah. 
there were some plaster casts there that were interesting, I thought. Oh, yeah, they were. They were auctioning off the... The Gimlin Patterson. Yes. Was in 1968, I believe. It was the late 60s. They were actually auctioning off a cast made of the original cast that was made back then. They also had some pictures that were signed by Bob Gimlin. This was a really big day because from there we headed over an hour to the Orson Star House. Now, the Orson Star House is in Royal Oak, Michigan, and it was built in 1845. It was originally on 80 acres. Orson and his wife Rhonda purchased those 80 acres for $160. Wow. I wonder what the price was back then. I still the, feel like it was You mean a, the inflation? Yeah, but I still feel like that was a good deal. It does it does seem like it was a good deal, but it was I don't know that I've ever done the inflation rate for anything from 1845. I mean, it's just a simple Google search. I think Mandy might be doing it right now. Are you doing it? Okay. We'll wait for her answer. But in the meantime, Orson Starr was a cowbell and brick manufacturer. He did this for over 40 years, and his cowbells are now collector's items. And his company was called the Star Bell Company. In 1845, $160 would translate to over $4,000, just over $4,000. That seems pretty cheap for 80 acres. I think so. I went to a different site on Google, and they said that $160 in 1845 is worth $6,237.39 today. So that's still really cheap. Good price for 80 acres. Five generations of the stars lived in this home. It's believed that this house is haunted by Orson Star, his children, an old woman, and a German shepherd. The stars actually lost three children to a sickness in this home in the same week. So that must have been super devastating. We actually picked up some dowsing rods at the Bigfoot convention. And so we started out with Mandy trying the dowsing rods. And so how did you feel about those? I like using them, but I I wonder if maybe I'm making it move. Right. You know, because you have to try to sit really still, keep your hands steady. And I always wonder if I'm moving, just maybe the act of breathing is making it move. But I can say that sometimes it didn't move. I think the fact that when it did move kind of proved maybe I wasn't moving it. But we were in... Right, because it's like when it's not moving, you're not holding your breath. Right. 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 Again, it's one of those things. We're new at using it. I still want to remain hopefully skeptical, if that makes any sense. Right. Can you uncross the rods? Thank you. Thank you for communicating with us. Now, this is a public investigation. All through the audio, we could hear other people. I could hear people walking. 
we're conducting our investigation, we're in a bedroom with a closed door, we can still hear other people. This is a small house. I mean, it's not tiny. It's not tiny, but it's not like the mansions we've been in. The walls are thin. It's from the 1800s. It definitely isn't a private area just because we're in a bedroom with the door shut. The floors creak. This is definitely an old house. But when I ran across this audio, it was amazing to me. I don't know what that is. I can hear what it is. I hear that it says yes. It sounds like it's answering us. But I don't know if it's a coincidence and somebody said yes in another room really loudly. It doesn't sound like that to me. To me, it sounds more of a like a whisper. whispery yes. I don't think if anybody else was actually whispering, we would have caught it on the audio, right? We would have only caught them speaking normally. And I did not have any other incidences throughout this audio where I had a loud word or even a loud phrase that I couldn't identify. You know, if somebody's near us and they're speaking to us, I mean, I can hear that. I I, I record from a start to finish on these things. So I can hear what we're doing at all times. I know what we're doing. It definitely stuck out. Now, I do almost think that I can hear the other investigators in the other room using the Necrophonic app because this is a public investigation. There are other investigators in different parts of the house, but I can't quite be sure. But even if they are using the Necrophonic app, I don't hear anything else coming from that app loud and clear. So it's definitely notable to me. I I don't know what it is. It's unexplained. I think it's a good touch. And another thing that I want to know is that in the audio, it seems as though we not only hear the word yes, but the action actually occurred. You know, we had asked if they could uncross the rods. It does seem that they did uncross the rods. So that kind of corresponds if that, I I feel like that makes a little bit of a difference. I don't know. It's just another layer of evidence, I think, that happened to time up perfectly. So I think it, I think it's definitely worth noting. And I think it does mean something. One thing that we noticed is I put the EMF reader on the bed. At first, um, it really, nothing was happening with it. And this is the standard kind of EMF reader that a lot of paranormal investigators use that has the colors. It goes from green to red. There's like five colors on it. And the more electromagnetic activity, the higher the reading, and it will go to red. It did seem to light up in response to a speaking. But we're not electricians and we don't know a lot about electromagnetic fields. So we're actually considering reaching out to an electrician in the future and seeing if they want to do an interview and just kind of their opinion on this. And I do have videos that I'm going to put out on our YouTube and most likely on my my TikTok showing the fluctuations in the EMF reader. We can tell you that we we do know that putting it too close to uh, an outlet, a light switch, 
you know, a hanging light fixture, a cell phone, it makes it go off. So we, we do know that. We did not the have basics. It. Yeah. We didn't have it by any anything like that. But this is an old house. I don't know if the electricity amount could just simply be fluctuating naturally. Did it seem that way? No, it definitely seemed in response to our questions. I just want to show these videos to a professional and just get their point of view. I agree. I think that will eliminate maybe some of our doubts. At this time, we started the Necrophonic app. What's strange about this section of audio, um, I'm recording us using the Necrophonic app. I hear different things than what Mandy hears. So we want to play the sections for you. And I want to know if you hear the same thing as me or Mandy. Can you tell us your name? After, can you tell us your name? I hear nope. I know, like, when I've been with you, I've never, we've never got my torque so bad. Have you got my torque? I've never torque? seen it do that before. Ever. Communicate? Is that what that In this section, I hear communicate really fast. Mandy did not hear communicate. I didn't. I listened to it several times and I, I just couldn't hear it. I couldn't pick it out. But the strange part of that is that we both heard it in person. Can you map my box light up again? In this area, I hear bright. In this area, I hear, show me you're here. And Mandy did not hear that at all. I played this section of audio for her over and over and over again. And she did not hear that until after I told her. Now, she did hear the word here. Yes, but I couldn't understand what it was saying in front of it. And that's really interesting to me. It makes me wonder if I have paradelia from listening to the Necrophonic app so much because as soon as I heard it, I was immediately like, oh, my God, that said, show me your hair. And it, I was like, oh, my God, we caught like, all, like this big phrase. It was so clear to me. And I was shocked that it wasn't clear to Mandy as well. <laughs> I was totally shocked. Well, and here's my theory. Melissa is the one that listens to all of the audio. She is the one that puts the podcast together and, you know, does the recording of everything. She hears background noises like, almost like an animal or something, right? Like her hearing <laughs> is like a dog or something. Here. Like she hears things like, oh my gosh, that sounded bad. Did you hear that in the background? And I'll say, no, I didn't hear it. So I think her ears are a little bit more attuned to picking up those finer details than I am. So that's my theory. Can you touch more equipment? In this section, I hear yeah. I hear talk. Do you mind if we go try another room? Can you come with us?
Now, this is kind of my favorite section because we heard this in real time, which a lot of what we've just played for you, we did not. When we asked if it was okay if we switched rooms, our EMF lit to red and the necrophonic app said stay in the room. That part was very cool to me too because usually on the necrophonic, I think it'll pick up one word, not a series of words together. So that was different. Which was also, you know, what made me excited in the show me your hair part. Like anytime you get a phrase, I mean, you know, this is supposed to be skipping radio stations. So you think, oh, well, maybe if it's one word, a short word, it'll come through. But when you pick up a whole phrase like and that. It, and it's intelligent. It makes sense. It's not right. just four separate words that don't go together. So, yeah, that was interesting. I liked that part. So at this point, we left the room. We decided to switch rooms. A woman with the paranormal investigation team that was heading this paranormal investigation did tell us that she had other investigators come through and they had good EMF readings on the bed as well. Now, I feel like you can look at that one of two ways. Either there's a spirit in that bed and we're picking it up. It's bound to that room. It's possibly laying there, right? Maybe it's intelligently touching our EMF reader. Or there's something electrical near the bed. Maybe it's one of those beds that you put the cord on and it vibrates. <laughs> like, it's not, but that was funny. It's not. <laughs> no, it's not. It was a very cool, <laughs> antique-looking, very large bed. <laughs> it, yeah, definitely. This is not a big house. There's kind of a lot of people at this investigation. It is a public investigation. We're like, where are we going to go? There's people upstairs. There's people in the basement. So we did head over to like a side room. And this is actually the room where they used to hold like weddings and funerals. It was a parlor room. It's a very, very beautiful room. When we walked into the room, one thing that we noticed was we saw lights. We weren't sure what they were because we did not put them there. They had made their own REM pod out of a jump rope. It's like a jump rope with lights on it. Yeah. That lights And out. it was uh, just laying kind of on the side in the back of the couch. I research more like I think paranormal equipment normally than Mandy does. And I've seen these before. You can buy devices that will make – they're advertised as to have the ability to make anything a REM pod. You can hook it to a stuffed animal or something like that and it will make it a REM pod. Um, I've never used one. So that was kind of interesting that there was just one sitting there and this jump rope was just lounging across the back of this very antique looking couch and it was going off. I started to test it. Like, I mean, because we were walking into the room, right? (laughs) This isn't the most stable house I've ever been in. So I'm trying to walk around. I'm trying to make it go off because I feel like my steps may have made it go off. But then we sat down and we're sitting there for a few minutes and then it's going off again. So that was kind of interesting. If the floor was more stable, I would say 100% it was activity. I mean, we did test it and it it did seem to not be super sensitive when we walked by it. I would lean more towards we got some activity than it going off blast walking by it, but I'm not 100% sure. 
Plus, it wasn't our own equipment. Not that I think anybody's doing anything wrong or trying to be tricky, but I just always feel better when it's our own equipment and we're more familiar with how it works and how sensitive it is. Right. And then we know it's got what kind of batteries are in it. Right. Stuff like that. We did put down the ball and it also did light up. It was the the cat ball. That might back up Mandy a little bit more with her considering the jump rope activity because our cat ball also lit up as well. We did try to use the spirit box in this room. One bit of audio that I'll play for you, and you're not going to hear any paranormal responses in this audio, is Mandy did ask if they could light up the jump rope. Instead, our flashlight turned on. So that was kind of neat. Um, and she also asked them to turn it back off. And she did, she was, she did seem to be getting flashlight activity in response to her speaking. Is there anybody here? Can you make the lights on my couch light up? And this is where we get my favorite audio because we've never really caught anything notable on the spirit box. I splurged a little and you know, bought the SB11, which has really good reviews. It's supposed to be decent. I mean, it's probably a little bit older now. I'm sure they've come out with newer ones, but at the time it was like the best one that you could get. And on the spirit box, it sounds like we get a name, Kathleen. Now, I think that this is very notable because it's said, um, and you can, you can visit some of these articles. They'll be in our show notes. Um, but it's said that a name is often caught at the home and that name is Catherine. We do feel very strongly that this does say Kathleen. But it's still it's so close. It's still really close. It's so close. Um, maybe it's been Kathleen the whole time or maybe he's saying Kathy. I, I don't know. Maybe it's not something that should be correlated. But Kathleen and Catherine are just so close. I just think that that's um, it's very interesting. I think so too. I think I don't know if coincidence is the right word, but they're just they're basically just slightly different versions of the same name. Yeah. Kathleen. So after we concluded our investigation in the parlor room. We decided to head down to the basement. The basement? I would have liked to have been in the basement by ourselves. There were other people that were there. And, you know, I feel like most basements, you can hear everything going on above you. Right. We very much enjoyed our investigation at the Orson Star House. But one thing that we would have changed if we could have changed something was maybe the organization of the investigative groups um normally when we go on an investigation um a group will go to one area and the other groups don't come into that area but 
you know, we waited until the basement was available. We headed down there and we were only down there for maybe five minutes before another very large group of investigators came down to investigate 20 feet away. That definitely made it difficult for us. But we did get some activity. We did. The EMF reader did seem to spike in response to Mandy. We did get some flashlight activity when I asked it to turn it off and on. Right after that, we had one of our cat balls light up. This activity seemed to only be responsive to Mandy. It did. <laughs> it did. They, they liked you down there. But unfortunately, the other group that was near us using their necrophonic app, it was just too too much noise. So we took our stuff and we went back upstairs to the parlor room. We used the necrophonic app again in the funeral room. And I'm going to play a few little clips for you. Do you think the funeral for the church was held in this room? Mandy also got flashlight activity in the room. This was unfortunate because although we did we did get good activity, we were really enjoying ourselves in that room. We did have investigators come into our space again, but we had already investigated in that room. So we did decide to pack our stuff back up and the upstairs was available. It was an attic and we headed up. And it, it was an attic, but it did have separate rooms up there. It looked to have like one room was the child's room. Or baby room, and then there was an adult bedroom, and then the other room looked like it probably was a bedroom at one time, but now it was kind of a museum. They had like some artifacts and stuff in there. So we started out near the child's room, and we put the cat ball on a little bench outside of the room, and that did light up. I moved the bear next to the ball, thinking that we could get the bear to, you know, go off and we could get something to touch the bear, but all night. I don't think we got any bear activity. We did not. We didn't get any bear activity. But this cat ball that was on this bench, I have this on video, and it did turn on repeatedly. So that was kind of interesting. It was really exciting. Now, when, when you watch the video, there's a lot of like extra light in the background of the room. You can see like a lot of red, and that's because they actually had red blinking lights up there to prevent people from falling down the stairs. <laughs> Thank God, because I probably would have. Because there was, like, no top of the stairway. It was just kind of like it just kind of came up. Like, it just kind of stopped. You just kind of walked up into the attic. So, like, when you were going down, it wasn't like there was, like, a handrail, really, or anything. So, they had a light there. Which is a hole. A hole with the stairway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you have to watch what you're doing, definitely. <laughs> so, overall, I think... I think looking back, we've got some good activity. I At the time, I thought maybe we didn't get as much as we had before, but I think we did pretty good considering everything. I definitely left feeling like we really didn't get anything. And then during evidence review, I was like, we kind of did. We kind of got a lot. I think that the Bell Mansion definitely changed our Spoiled view. Spoiled us a little bit. <laughs> a lot of activity, you know, and just having that continuous... REM pod activity and I mean we had a picture there we had 
you know, two potential EVPs there, you know, that was all really, really exciting. So we did get a lot of activity here, but at the time it didn't feel like it. And I think we learned something. I think that we've learned that we've matured a little bit during our paranormal investigations because we're taking it more serious and actually trying to gather information. All of the people that we, you know, we, it sounds like we're complaining, like, oh, they came in the room, they were making noise, they were talking. We may have been like that a year ago, not on purpose. But if it's your first time going to a paranormal investigation, I think you tend to get excited and speak louder. Right. You know what I mean? It's it's different. So we're going to try to look for more private private type investigations. Yeah. Um, We will still probably do the public if we can't find the private. I always feel so silly walking into a public investigation with my equipment because not very many just people attending. Some some people do. It really depends on, I guess, where you're going. But I think one other person brought equipment at this paranormal yeah. investigation. Melissa walks in with like a big case and a bag and she looks like like a ghostbuster. <laughs> As I am a ghostbuster. She is. And I'm definitely, I'm definitely struggling. I'm definitely like holding. And it's not, it's not like this stuff is heavy. It's just awkward to carry all of that stuff. It's awkward. And I do my best with it though, especially because a lot of times, you know, when you go in there, you're in like a group of people and I'm like, I don't want to hit people's legs with my, with my stuff. Bulky case. <laughs> my bulky Take stuff. Out. Um, but I have to keep my equipment safe. I spent money on it, you know, so. But I do think that we definitely need to look for more private investigations, especially because the noise contamination is is real, you know? I mean, we don't know. I don't want to say that I, I don't know if an EVP is the next person in the room. Yeah. Or and, the, and the that person that, in the next room. And I think that is the main thing that, you know, it's, maybe it sounds like we're being hoity-toity, you know, but it is true that we're going in there trying to to see if we can ca- capture sounds, pictures, whatever, and there's just and no way. people are there for just one night of enjoyment. Yeah, and there's you know? just no way to prove something if you've got other people in the background. Right. So, zip it. And, I mean, we're probably not going to prove it to anybody anyway, but we can at least prove it to ourselves. That's all I care about. But I, I do think that we did get a variety of activity at the Orson Star House. We got one potential EVP that, yes, I don't know. It's hard I, to I say. It it's hard to say. We did get cat ball activity. We did get EMF, EMF activity. We did get, uh, you know, some notable things on the necrophonic. And we did get our first spirit box activity. So that was really interesting. So we did come out with a lot. We did. And hopefully with Halloween coming up, there will be more investigations that we'll get to go to. Thanks for listening to our paranormal experience. Bye. Bye. Bye.